Hello, fans, and welcome back to another edition of College Pick'em Show with Wes and John. Obviously, Christian Johnson is back with us as well. Uh, at the very bottom of the screen, we have a very special guest today. Uh, from the last time I've seen him, he's definitely changed a little bit. We've all aged a little out through the years. Uh, one, Mr. Danny Wimprine. Uh, Danny, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, Danny, I guess uh, my first question is, uh, what, is, what have you been up to since your football playing days? Well, I guess a lot has gone on uh, in my life in the last 15 years. It's uh, uh, been, you know, really quick and, and, uh, and upbeat. I, you know, obviously got married and uh, we have four children now and uh, been, been working in the family. Uh, my wife's family's garbage, uh, garbage business for, uh, about 13 years now after I finished playing football and it's uh it's been a uh, a great uh opportunity for us and uh for our family but uh yeah just coaching now coaching all the kids we have four kids they're a nine-year-old boy seven-year-old boy five-year-old girl and a 10 uh, 11 month old tomorrow girl as well so four kids you know life's fast 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 and really it's hard to keep up so everything everything's going well uh, John, do you have anything for him? Uh, as fans really don't know about Danny, Danny was uh, looks like a state champion back in high school from the New Orleans area where he, I believe he's still living at today. And John Curtis Christian High School from 96 to 99, he was a high school state champion. And he was also in the M Club Hall of Fame back in 2016 as well. So that's a good accomplishment there for the city of Memphis and the University of Memphis as well. Uh Danny, you also get got picked up by the Cleveland Browns, but unfortunately it didn't work out for you. But uh, I don't know if you know this, but Trent Dilfer is also a high school football coach, you know, that you competed with back in the day as well. He's now at Liscom Academy outside Nashville who played in the state championship but lost the, uh, this, this week to uh, Christ Pedestrian Academy. So I want to talk about, you know, a little bit before we talk about your Memphis days, can you just talk about your high school career a little bit? And I also talk about that Cleveland Brown trial that you had. And then you also played in the Canadian Football League with Calgary. And then, you know, I used to play – I don't know if Wes used to play or not, or Christian used to play growing up. But I used to play on that PlayStation 2 game back in the day, the arena football with Kurt Warner on the cover. <laughs> uh -huh. you played in the, and you played on the uh, New Orleans Voodoo back in the day in 2008, I believe in 2011. So yeah. talk about that career with you with us a little bit if you can. Yeah, so in high school, uh, I was lucky enough to play for one of the best coaches in, in high school football history. Matter of fact, if uh, if he wins the next couple games, he's going to uh, have his 600th victory, and he is the second he is the second winningest football coach in football history. And probably if he stays healthy over the next couple of years, he'll be he will be the winningest coach in football history. Uh, wow! I think he's got like. Seven, I think he's got like 41 more victories to go till he's the winningest coach ever. So uh, you could kind of see a little bit about where I came from and, uh, you know, a little bit of the, the, uh, the attitude and toughness and uh, the, the work ethic. It, it all came from high school. We won. Uh, we were the first team at my high school to win four state championships in a row and uh, one from my freshman to senior year. And then we also won two state championships in baseball my freshman and senior year. I was drafted out of high school uh, to play baseball 
and uh, didn't want to do it, wanted to play football. Uh, one of my regrets is that I didn't play at Memphis uh, when I finally earned the starting job. But, but anyway, got a scholarship, uh, obviously, to Memphis and, and uh, was lucky enough to start all four years. And, and uh, you know, I guess the rest from there, uh, you know, got – I was an undrafted free agent for the Cleveland Browns and uh, went through, went through uh, their rookie camp and then got released. Uh, immediately went up to the Edmonton Eskimos because <clears throat> their camp had already started. And they wanted to sign me to the practice roster. And before signing the, uh, you know, I only went through probably three practices with them. And then they wanted to sign me on the practice roster. And after the uh, three practices with them, uh, I got a call from Calgary that wanted to sign me to the active roster and uh, basically did that. So I was there for a year and a half. Um, they signed a, their, our starting quarterback wasn't having a great season, so they signed a 40-year-old backup that uh, a guy named Danny McManus that has been kind of a uh, Canadian football uh, guy that they wanted to come in and mentor him. So I got released, and then I came home to uh, play for the New Orleans Voodoo. So I played for them in 2007 and 2008. Um, we were owned by the Saints, and then the, the league folded in 2009, came back in 2010, and then the uh, Voodoo came back in 2011. So it was kind of a crazy time for me. Got married in 2010. <clears throat> and then after the 2011 season, you know, started, started making babies. So <laughs> that was, uh, that was kind of the rundown of my career. And then after 2011, when it turned into a single entity ownership, much like uh, what some people in Memphis would call a uh, league arena two league, or kind of what we remember there from, I think there was the Memphis, maniacs or something yeah, like that yeah, yeah. it kind of it kind of formatted itself back um back to there and it just wasn't something i was interested in playing anymore and uh so now i call the uh call my high school games i've been doing that for 10 years with another guy that played receiver um 10 years before i did and we've been doing that for 10 years so on john curtis you can catch us on a friday night we actually play in the semifinals uh this friday in shreveport against a good it gets a big uh, school up there. So, uh, you know, it keeps me, keeps me involved and all, all the kids yeah. are going to school there now. And it's uh, my nine-year-old boy just started playing tackle football this year. And it was, it was very interesting. And, and like I said, I'm coaching all of them. And I just got finished coaching this guy right here, Baylor. That's my <laughs> seven-year-old. He's uh, he just got finished playing a baseball tournament uh, today. So uh, yeah, we're, we're Miss those we're, days. Yeah, man, yeah. we're on the go. We're on the go. And I got my little sweetheart, my five-year-old girl, Finley, right so. here. And then, uh, you know, my nine-year-old's out of the friends and, and my little one's uh, with mom. But, yeah, so uh, that's kind of the quick rundown of the way things have been for me over the last 15 years. But uh, we had a good run. We had a good run at it. And, uh, you know, got, I have to say I was blessed and to have the opportunity to do a lot of those things. And uh, now we're going to talk about your Memphis career just a little bit uh, before we talk about, you know, oh, before we talk about your Memphis career real quick, what do you think about the Memphis football program as a whole right after your college career, maybe from like your, let's just say, let's start out from 05 until now? Yeah, well, you know, you still, you still follow originally, it, right? oh, yeah, of course, of course. Okay. Originally, when when uh, when I had finished playing, I was you know I think they they played in the bowl game the year after, and then uh, it kind of took a nosedive you know it took it took a downturn and we were really hoping that the momentum would carry from what we did um, in 03 and 04 and just continue on and and hopefully um, 
be really where we are today. So I kind of took a nosedive, but all of a sudden, you know, you hire the right people, you get the right people in place, you, you do proper recruiting and get the right kids in there. Then, uh, you know, I tell people all the time, you can't win, you know, you can't race without the horses, you know, so you got to get the guys there that can, that can improve the program. You have to improve the facilities. You have to do the things that you promised the kids that you were going to do when you recruited them. And it seems like we're doing that now. And, it, and it's been, uh, I think, a lot more of a pride thing, stepping in and understanding that, understanding that, that we can, uh, you know. Put them up. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, you know, it's been, it's been a lot of fun to be able to watch them. And, and you know, I'd say that I was a Memphis Tiger and pull for them now. And, you know, last year to be able to play, you know, in the Cotton Bowl is a, is a uh, you know, a huge accom- accomplishment for this program. And obviously I really would have liked if we won yesterday and could have a possibility to compete for the championship again, but, you know, it doesn't always work out, but I, but I think, uh, you know, the, the people of Memphis just want a winning program. They want to be able to say that we can consistently go to bowl games. We don't have to turn into an SEC school that wins, you know, 10, 11 games a year, but we have to be able to do, uh, we have to be able to, you know, get better and better each and every year and continue to, work hard and do the things that we need to do to, uh, you know, produce champions. And, and now obviously send a lot of people into the NFL and that just shows you that they're recruiting better. They're recruiting right. And uh, like I said, they're getting the right people in place. So Danny, uh, obviously, as we know, Brady White is uh, very much on your heels uh, for uh, a couple of records now. Um, how, I mean, look at how many years that record has stood now. I mean, how big of an honor is it to finally have somebody at least be able to reach your record? Oh yeah. Well, he's, he, he's going to break them for sure. I mean, he's, uh, <laughs> I think he's pretty much there. I, I, somebody told me yesterday that's been following, he's only like 40 or 50 yards away. So he's, he's very capable of doing that. And, and um, I'm very proud of him, you know, as a four, former quarterback, I know how much work that takes. Um, but I also am very proud of the fact that, like I said, we're, we're putting people in place that can allow that to happen. You're, you're, you're getting the offensive linemen, the running backs, the receivers that can make something like, like that possible. So I'm very proud of the fact that Brady's right there and he's doing a great job for us uh, in his senior campaign. And, uh, you know, I have no doubt that he's going to break it next game, the overall yardage record. Um, but, uh, but I'm just, you know, happy that my, that my name was kind of on that wall for a good while and it takes uh, you know a lot of pride I have a lot of pride in uh, you know in the work that we put in a long time ago as well yeah um, talking about the stats comparing you to Brady White a little bit uh, Wes um, we got Brady White has 725 completions up to date with Danny had 808 uh, passing attempts they're 1469 for um, Danny and uh, about 1164 for uh, Brady, but the, like you said, the passing yards should be broken next week against Houston. Brady's got 10,160. Danny finished with 10,215. So, yeah, that's a good accomplishment for both quarterbacks. And then a lot of people don't know about Danny in general, but uh, his first game was in 2001 against Houston, and we won that game. So that's an interesting fad going into next week against Houston. He won 52 to 33 in that game. We're 14 to 21 for 216 yards and two touchdowns. And he started 42 of his 46 games in his college career. So I got to say, that's quite an yeah, accomplishment that's for Danny himself. That's some, but, uh, that's some, that's some yeah. Brett Favre type consistency. <laughs> I mean, that's, 
that's saying something, really. I mean, especially in college football or just the game of football in general, just how reckless and aggressive it really is. I mean, to start that many games in a career is, is very, very incredible. I'm sure, he did. I'm sure he played injured some. Oh, you know it. Of course. Yeah, yeah. of course. Maybe he's a tough guy, right, Davey? I sure hope so. I sure hope so. <laughs> I mean, like he's, got, he's got like six hands around him right now getting poked, and he's still doing the interview. It's, <laughs> it's very right. impressive. But also, no, but, I, had, yeah, but also he had 300 yards passing eight times in his career, and then he also had 22 games of 200-plus yards passing the football as well. And he also was a decent runner also back in the day. Yeah, he had some – he was a uh, 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 – I wouldn't call him a mobile quarterback, but I would say he, he could get out of there when he had to. Yeah. Yeah, I was more of a tough runner, I think, not a <laughs> not a speedster for sure. But, Christian, you want to talk about his freshman year a little bit with him? Yeah, he, a red shirt, he was a redshirt freshman, right? Yeah, I redshirted my first year. I came in rip year. Uh, you know, when he recruited me from John Curtis, he, he basically promised me to redshirt. You know, I went from – actually running in high school we ran the split veer option and so you know we only threw two to three times a game play action pass maybe yeah. dropping back once or twice and that was it so coming into a different system and obviously into college trying to understand and learn defenses a little bit more and uh so yeah he promised the red shirt and he did uh he kept his word it was a couple times actually my freshman year that we thought we were going to pull my red shirt and have mm -hmm. me play but uh but we didn't and uh so yeah my first year we red shirt and then in uh Basically, earn the starting job after that. Who was the quarterback? Yeah, and I noticed that you, each year you improved drastically in your stats there. Like your well, <clears throat> when I, my my freshman year, uh, it was Scott Shear, Travis That's Anglin, right. and Neil Suber. There was kind of a, like a three man rotation mm -hmm. of you know the coach's son who was just you know. Understood the game. I think he knew where to go, but he just wasn't a uh, – just, just didn't have the tools physically. You know, Scott was a shorter guy as a walk-on. Uh, hey, Anglin, hey, real quick, Danny. Scotty did beat East Carolina, though, at East Carolina. He yeah. sure did. He sure <laughs> did. Yeah, he did. And like I said, a lot of times, you know, guys like that get overlooked because people think that you need to be – and I was never that guy that was six foot four, six foot six kind of guy, but uh, – understanding the game, I think, will take you a long way in itself. And, and, you know, and he could also throw the ball pretty well. Then you had Travis Anglin, who was six foot three, um, more of a receiver type, could run the ball a little bit more. And then you had Neil Suber, who was probably six one, six two, but he was 240 pounds um, and kind of would drop back and, and uh, sit in the pocket. And, but, uh, yeah, we kind of, I kind of got into that mix a little bit um, in, the, in my red shirt year. And then all of a sudden, you know, my freshman year, I, I didn't, quite start out starting I they thought that I was going to be the starter and I went in against in my first game against Mississippi State and on my I think it was my second play I got a concussion so didn't play two weeks after that and then finally came in against Houston and uh and that was yeah my first first uh collegiate start and we went in there and and beat them down a little bit so that was a good memory for me real quick um uh how hard was it to decide to play football at Memphis opposed to going into the MLB draft? Not that hard. No, I wasn't a high draft pick, and it was – and baseball was never my true passion. So, unless I was going to be a high draft pick and, you know, obviously make a lot of money, it was always understood for me and my family that it was going to be, you know, something that I wasn't really interested in. Looking back, 
Um, you know, who knows? Maybe I could have had that opportunity, but it, it's it, – I, I do somewhat um, – I kind of look back on it and wish I would have maybe tried to play in college for a year or two and just mm -hmm. seen how hard I could have thrown. You know, I threw 92 miles an hour in high school. And when I got to college, I got so much stronger. Um, so just, you know, wondering where, what I, what that could have been. But the problem is in, in football season in spring, you know, when you're competing for a job as a freshman, that's when baseball season is. So I didn't want to leave the football field to say, Hey, I'm going to go try to play baseball and see what I can do. And then all of a sudden you don't, you don't earn your starting position, you know, right. and as a quarterback, it's different for a guy that plays DB or, you know, receiver or something else, or Steven Koskowski was a kicker, right. you know, yeah. so it's a little yeah. different, but, uh, to, but to I mean, all you did was set position, records at Memphis. That's right. All he did was play 15 years in the NFL, right? Yeah. So, but it's a little different for a quarterback trying to earn the trust and the respect of the guys and have to go out there and, and earn the job and also get on the same page with the running backs, the offensive line, the receivers, and everybody else. So, um, But I would probably say that was one regret I had, that, that I didn't play baseball again. But, but you but made the most coming of out it. of high school, no. You made the most of your decision. Yeah, it worked out. Yeah. Andy, who'd, you get, who'd, you, who'd you get drafted oh, by? Tampa Bay. Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay yeah. double okay. race, yeah. Let me ask you, Danny, when it goes back to Rip Shear, and then, of course, you play for Tommy West as well. Um, I'm, I've always been very intrigued by Rip Shear just because of that Tennessee, not, you know, that big Tennessee win just sticks with me with him and just how composed he was on the sideline during the really key important moments of that game. But can you give us as fans, John and I at least anyway, and Christian too, uh, just a little insight into – those two men and how different they were as coaches? Well, I think the biggest thing is uh, Tommy was a total defensive guy and, and Rip was the offensive guy. You know, uh, Rip came and recruited me uh, late in my recruiting process. And, and honestly, I, I had always wanted to go to Notre Dame. Notre Dame had uh, kind of shied away from me later in my senior year. Okay. And uh, I had a visit set up to go there. And it's where I wanted to be. And then all of a sudden, Rip came in like a bat out of hell, just trying, you know, talking about me as his number one guy and trying to get me in there. And, and, uh, I really liked, I really liked him. Uh, I respected him. And, uh, when I came on my visit, I said, man, I think this is the place for me to be. So, uh, I, I, I really enjoyed the opportunity. And then, like I said before, I think, uh, you know, when I got here, I understood the people and, and it, it felt a lot like home to me. It felt a lot like new Orleans and the people were very, very appreciative and honest and in, in what in the coaches and what we were trying to do. Uh, but, but Rip was, I really respected him, you know, as a family man and what we were doing and where we were going. But I think, uh, you know, he was an offensive guy, so I can relate to him a lot more. Tommy, right. West, Tommy West, I was never really his guy, you know, like uh, he didn't recruit me. So, and, and to say it nicely, you know, I think you always want to try to recruit guys that are, better than the guy that you didn't get so he tried to do that but they just weren't taking my job and that's to say it plain and simple but Tommy was uh I like Tommy a lot but but he was more of a defensive guy and uh you know he liked to run the ball out on offense and uh you know throw it a little bit too and obviously when you have a guy like D'Angelo Williams running the ball uh you should probably do that yeah but, I, mean, uh, I would say he was a decent running back wouldn't you say I mean I'll say I'd just say, a tad I'd say he did okay. Yeah, say he did okay. Could you this way? Well, we were down at Ole Miss uh, the year that y'all beat them down there. That was 04. 
Yes, yep, yep. Yeah, that was 04. And this old Miss fan turned around and said, D'Angelo Williams was a decent running back. And my stepdad, who before this season had not missed a home game for 80, since 85, about got tossed out of ball in anyway <laughs> stadium. I mean, he was getting ready to murder that guy. Yeah. It's like, that guy's an idiot. He's better than a decent running back. Well, not only that, but I'm pretty sure that old Miss was pretty upset that they missed on him for sure. Yes. Because they, they, they were better than they had anybody that they had for 10 years. Arkansas yeah. was too, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. No doubt. But yeah, in 0, like oh three, you did pass over three thousand yards, and then your senior year, you threw over almost three thousand yards again. But hey, the highlight of your junior year, I want to bring up. I'm sure Wes will talk about your senior year a little bit. But your junior year, you went nine and four, and then five and three in the conference. And then you also played in your hometown in that bowl game and beat North Texas twenty-seven to seven, or yeah, twenty-seven to seventeen. And then you also beat Ole Miss at home forty-four to thirty-four. And whenever you beat Ole Miss, you know, that's always a great win. But uh, talk about playing your hometown in the New Orleans Bowl with all those Memphis fans that showed out, you know, to come drive six to seven hours like they did last year for the Cotton Bowl, but to see all those Memphis fans in general. Yeah, that, that was one of the top highlights of my career, no doubt. I mean, to not be in a bowl game in 31 years and then finally give the fans something to be proud of and – you know, I, I can't believe how many people showed up to, to come see the game in New Orleans. Everybody likes to take a trip to New Orleans, but we were really overwhelmed when we stepped out into the stadium and saw that many people. Uh, but, you know, I was very proud of those seniors. They earned that opportunity. They earned that spot to be there. Uh, but, but to be playing in your hometown, you know, like I said, I won four state championships in that building, played some other games in that building. So I really felt very comfortable being there. I wasn't overwhelmed. It wasn't too big of a stage for us. And we just went out there and you know, I actually, if you guys remember, we were down our first two running backs and a third uh, third string running back walk-on uh, stepped up and filled in. The defense played pretty well, and we ended up winning the game, and, and it, was a, it was a great highlight. Can you forgive me telling who that running back was again? Because I had exams that day. That was Lakendis Cole. Yeah, he, That's was, right, yeah. he, was, he was a uh, walk-on uh, running back, and I believe he earned a scholarship after that. But, um, you know, we, we had – two very, very good running backs, D'Angelo Williams and Darren Parquet, and uh, they were both down. So so to be down to your third guy, you know, obviously that was a walk-on and trying to come in and earn his spot, but also just did a good job, and not only in, in running the ball, but also in, but also in pass protection. <laughs> you get that same championship ring out. Yeah, this guy, he wants to show you his uh, travel baseball ring he won today. Hey, I don't blame him. Show it off. I don't blame him. Show it off, are, 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 are these things – Ridiculous or what? This is like bigger than my state championship rings they're giving to these seven-year-olds. It's, it's ridiculous. We need, throw them in a it. Yeah, yeah, we need to throw them in a box. Yeah, we need to throw them in a box. My dad won a bowl game, but my ring's bigger than his. It's okay. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the, but Darren Parkett was a very good running back as well, and then he goes down, and then the other guys go in and step up. And I think, I, you know, the, the good thing about any team is you have some depth at every position and you're able to fill in and do the things that you need to do to be successful that day. Uh, and we did that, but it was definitely one of the highlights of my career to be able to go into back into the Superdome and, you know, have 250, 300 people from my hometown or that went to high school and friends and coaches and show up in support and see the game. And it, it was just a lot of fun. Yeah. I miss the Superdome day. It was Danny the, the most me and Wes as we used to go on road trips and skip, you know, school that Friday and go watch y'all play down in the Superdome on that Saturdays. Yeah, but, uh, that, was, that, was, that was good stuff. Yeah. But we used to stay at that Hyatt Hotel right across the street so you can just walk over and don't yep. worry about anything crazy going on down there. 
Yeah. Uh, Wes, you want, you want to talk about senior year a little bit? Yeah, sure. John, you called that skipping school. I called it me and my parents were going out of town. That's what I called it. <laughs> well, I called it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I called it. Have, they never know where and why. We just, we're going out of town. Uh, Daniel, senior year. Um, as a matter of fact, the, the last time we went down there, my dad got stopped on that long bridge. And he's standing there talking to the cop. He looks down in the water. And he's like, is there any gators down there? Of course, the cop, <laughs> the cop asked my dad, where y'all from? With Memphis flags all over the car, yeah. <laughs> riding on it, you know, not from Louisiana. And he's just sitting there writing a ticket. My, and finally, my stepdad was like, yeah, I'm just going to just go ahead and give it to me. It was like a $300 fine. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, when you look at your senior year, Danny, uh, of course, you know, uh, you start out with a win at Ole Miss, uh, turn around and beat Chattanooga pretty well, beat Houston, uh, get a big win against Tulane, then drop two back-to-back to, -back to uh, Cincinnati and Louisville. And then, of course, in the in the season with uh, four straight wins, uh, including the uh, win against Bowling Green. Um, lost to Bowling Green. Sorry, yes. Some, sorry, I got lost. Still uh, hurts, Jonathan. No, it's no, no, it's hey, no, it's snowed, hey, 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 it snowed here and it rained down in Mobile that day. Okay, yeah, it sure did. Yeah, it sure did. did, and that was the that was a very cold, cold, cold game. Um, when you when you look back at your senior year, Danny, give us just a couple of moments um, that the average fan probably wouldn't think about as being an important moment that is that is for you as your senior year at Memphis. Well, I think I think kind of trying to build that season up to be uh, the best one that we had. You know, I think we had some very capable people uh, on our team to be able to just kind of take it to another level from where we were the year before. So, you know, that was getting to a point in my career where the 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 guys that were from surrounding areas or from different places they were really starting to buy in and understand that this could be something special. It wasn't just a one year fluke, you know. Um, with some of the seniors that we had on that team, a very good defense on that team. So uh, I think we were getting to that point where, where a lot of the guys really did start to believe. Um, one of the biggest letdowns was was not able to – you know, I've never beat UAB in my entire career. You know, we lost to them again. And I can't tell you why, when, how, but I quit. we could never beat them. I don't know why. Um, we, would, we would have big games and then big letdowns and we would play them. And they were, to me, an average team, and we could never beat them. But, um, you know, in the conference, I think we were finally getting to a place where we were very competitive. I remember playing on ESPN and playing against Louisville. Um, and I think we lost 56 to 49. It was just a back-and-forth, back-and-forth game. Uh, and they had a very good team. Plenty of guys went to the NFL. But I think when you're able to play on national TV, you know, against Ole Miss and against Louisville, you, you start to get the recognition that you work so hard for and deserve. Um, and then, of course, secondly, I think one of the big moments for me my senior year was beating Ole Miss for a second time, you know, because anybody could have a great game and, and obviously an offense not do very well and have turnovers and you could beat somebody once. But to walk into the stadium, I think, for the second year in a row and our mindset changed. Yeah. The guys yeah. didn't just think that we could win. We believed that we were going to win. And that's a big difference for a program is – when you play SEC schools or different programs and you walk in and, and you look at the lights and it's bigger than you are, well, that moment wasn't too big for us when I was a senior. You know, we really went down to Ole Miss and we thought we're going to walk in here and kick their butt. And that's what we did. 
And uh, so I think the mentality changed a lot. And I think that was a big starting point for my senior year to go forward to understand that, you know, we could really go out here and we can compete with anybody. So uh, I think the memories of just that journey and that mindset uh, changing from when I was a, from when I was a freshman, you know, winning two games and those guys really, you know, you lose a game, you go out that night, you have fun. Well, that was never my mindset. You know, right. you lose games, it, it ruins your week, you know, and yeah. this is what you work so hard for. And I think as, as the years went on, the mindset started to change. So that was really one of the most important things for me from coming from such a winning program in high school to starting in Memphis where, you know, if you lost, it was just same old thing. Well, well, we didn't want that to happen anymore. So that was a big deal for me. Yeah, we had a former Memphis Tiger receiver on a couple of weeks ago named Darren Garcia. I don't know if you remember that name or not. But sure he, also said, he also said the same thing about the UAB games. as man, I don't know what it was, but Legion Field, it's that, it's that curse. And those, it was rough you know. to us. Rough <laughs> to us. We, we, they stopped us a few times, and we couldn't stop them. And we just, I don't know, couldn't do it. Man, they had who? They had Roddy White back in the day. They had uh, what was that quarterback thing? Webb, something. Yeah, Webb. Ronald Webb. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ronald just, Webb, and they had Daryl Hackney. Daryl Hackney. That was. Yeah, that's oh, his name. I know. That's it. Thank you so much, John. And I've been Daryl Hackney. Trying to remember that guy's name. Yeah, he was good. Daryl Hackney, he was a monster. He was like, he was he was probably two forty and like not six four. He was he was just a big stout dude, throw it all around. Yeah, he was he was a beast. But he also had wheels, if I if I remember. Yeah, he's a pretty good athlete. Yeah, he was yeah. he was. But uh, yeah, this is the last year at Legion Field. Unfortunately, we're going to miss it as fans. We go down there, but uh, their new on campus stadium. Yeah, will be pretty nice. Well, that was a huge, that was a huge place. But let me tell you. They never showed up because we no. we we go we go into that place that that seated eighty five thousand people, and it would look like there was nobody there. Um, but but it was it was it was definitely fun. But it wasn't fun. We walked out because we were always on the losing side. Right. Do they still have the state championships for Louisiana in, in the Superdome? Yeah. Yeah. Now this year, of course, has been an interesting. This year has been an interesting year because of COVID. Um, yeah, we started the season late. Uh, it's just totally different, you know, the way that you practice and prepare. And they were not going to have the state championships uh, in the Superdome this year. But uh, about three weeks ago, they decided that they could. Uh, you know, I, I'm not 100% sure about capacity or how they're going to be able right. to do it. But, uh, yeah, we're going to – in a few weeks, we're going to be able to play down there. Hopefully. Hopefully it's us, you know, and not, yeah. uh, you know, being the, being the semifinals this weekend. But – um, yeah, it, but, but man, what a great opportunity, you know, for kids. I mean, you're talking about guys 14 to 18 years old, 14 to 18 years old that just have an opportunity to, you know, be under those lights and play in the same place that the New Orleans Saints play and, you know, Hall of Famers and, and you know, future stars that these kids watch on TV. So it's a great opportunity for those kids. I, I hope that they get it again this year. It'll be the first year if we can go that the high school – kids because just because we started late would have a thanksgiving practice and a christmas practice um because it'll it'll be a couple days after christmas so uh it's a strange year but it's it's gonna be a lot of fun it's pretty awesome i compared y'all y'all pack like y'all come y'all pack it like the state of texas do for those games or no not quite you see our school our school is actually a 2a enrollment school but we play up to 5a um, because we're such a football powerhouse, we play up to 5A enrollment, which obviously when we play some of those big Catholic league schools that have always wanted to beat us, yeah, they, they have 
they pack the house. It's it's very exciting games, and we've we've played really some of the most exciting games is when you play the smaller schools. At least when I play, you play them out of town, and it's like you go to town. And it's like the Beatles show up. You know, everyone wants to beat John Curtis. So you know, we we've had plenty of games, especially back in the day when I played when. There wasn't all this internet stuff, and you didn't have webcasts, and you didn't have Facebook, and everybody had to come to the game to see the live action, and it would be standing room only. So it was it was a lot of fun. Christian, you got anything? Um, where are you you're living in Louisiana, right? Yeah, I live in River Ridge. It's just it's just a little suburb uh, outside of New Orleans. It takes me about fifteen minutes to get downtown. Okay, I'm from uh. About an hour from Monroe, which I live in. Ar I'm from Arkansas, but. Uh, yeah, Monroe's got some good football. West Monroe up there. And then actually, you know, the team that we play this weekend is from Shreveport. They're a good team. And they had a, a team, Evangel Christian, for a long time. They've gone down significantly, but they've had some serious teams. They actually won the national championship my senior year in high school. Um, from up in the Shreveport area. But, yeah, Monroe's got some good football for sure. Yeah. Wes, you back yet? Sorry about that, guys. I had a phone call with work. Wes is back. <laughs> Wes is back. Um, well, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of what all what all we've covered, what all have we not covered. Well, um, I'll ask him another question while you think about one then. Uh, Dave, yeah, can you talk about maybe – uh, what was your best road trip that you ever went on as a Tiger – and then what do you wish that the Tigers could possibly play on a road trip that you don't see that very often as well? Good question. Good question. My favorite game, and 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 I was it this is two parts to this. This is a, my favorite game or road trip that I ever went on was University of Tennessee. Because we did it my freshman year, and I always wanted to play them because I wanted to let the people like Wes know that this was not a one-year thing where we could beat them. We had to go kick their butts again. Right. The un the unfortunate thing was we never played them again. Um, I don't know why. I don't know if they wanted to stop play us because you know, to me it was like there was no upside for Tennessee to play us. If they beat us, then yeah, they're supposed to beat us. If they lose to us, like Ole Miss, well, that's a huge letdown for the program, especially right. when you were starting to recruit some of the same kids. But to be in that stadium. Uh, was was pretty cool, you know. Um, that's the only place I think I could look straight up, and you could see both the sides of the stadium just kind of tower yeah. over you um, at the fifty yard line. But I never had the opportunity. I didn't start that game. My office coordinator Randy Feekner thought that being a freshman, maybe that atmosphere was going to be too big for me. Never understood that. So we started Neil Suber. We started getting our butt kicked. I went in there. We scored three touchdowns. Came back a little bit. But it was, a, it was a great opportunity. But but to the second part of that question, I don't know why the heck we stopped playing. I wanted to play them my sophomore, junior, senior year, obviously. Uh, but obviously they didn't. Um, the team that I would love to go travel and play would have been Notre Dame. Uh, I just think the history there, you know, the Golden Down, Dome, Touchdown Jesus, somebody that plays on, I think it's, what is it, NBC or CBS all the time. Yeah. Uh, just to have that opportunity to play a team like that. Um, that would have been somewhere that I would have liked to go. As a matter of fact, when we went and played Army the year that I redshirted, that was also a cool place to play. Uh, just to, to to see the the camaraderie and the, and the, you know you walk into the stadium, the guys are holding AK-47s as you walk into your locker room, and it it's overwhelming. But it but at the same time, it's pretty damn neat, you know. 
Yeah. Yeah, my cousin played in the 90s under Rips here, and he said the top two road trips – I always ask him this every year to see if he changes his mind or not. But he always talks about the road trips that he enjoyed the most when he was in the 90s where uh, Army, like you said, in West Point because you get the Hudson River just right beside the stadium and you can just, just enjoy the Army atmosphere as well. Yeah, it's beautiful. But he, but he also said at Michigan State was the other one that he got to play in the 90s. So That's because, pretty like, cool. Yeah, and also at Tennessee, like you mentioned also, we got 106,000 right above you everywhere. And, of course, Memphis fans are in the nosebleeds. We can't really see what's going on. Right. Yeah. But uh, that's the, one of the best road trips I enjoy going on as well. Like Notre, like you said, Tennessee and Ole Miss and Mississippi State, for example. You know, I right. wish we could play. I'm glad we got the Mississippi State game back on the schedule as well. Yeah, because no we, need, we, we need rivalry games like that as a fan. Now, yeah, no Andy, doubt. Were, I mean, were you on the team where uh, Tommy West delivered a special message to Jackie Sherrill at the – center of the field at Mississippi State. Yeah, that was the game I got a concussion. So I didn't I didn't see it. Oh sorry. No. I'm not guessing <laughs> to your concussion. No, I'm not. I just I thought my memory served me correctly. Just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah, he he definitely did. He he, he let him know a little something something. But that was uh Yeah, he yeah, told him point blank, I ain't your I ain't your messenger boy. You wanna tell him, you go tell him. I, yeah. I just that is that was a great game too. But yeah. um yeah. When you look back at your at just not just your your Memphis career but your your playing career as a whole, um, what would you say you would like your legacy to be? Uh, to, really, to be a uh, for people to understand just who I was as a player and as a man. Um, and if you ask people today, would you want that guy on your team again? For them to say, hell yeah. You know, I'd play with him any day of the week. Um, you know, the, the fact that I was a leader and a competitor, I think that was that's the only two things that I would ever like for anybody to say about me. I was a leader and I was a competitor. And it doesn't, doesn't matter who you are or who you put in front of us. When, when I walked out on the field and when I showed up to work today, it was, it was to go to work and it was to beat you down. And, uh, and if you ask anybody about, you know, me and my personality, that's the way that I showed up to work every day. So, I think, you know, when anybody asks about your legacy, I would think that would be probably the number one thing is that um, hopefully the guys would want to play with me again. And my passion and intensity and, and uh, toughness and the way that I played the game was something that, uh, that they'll remember. I know uh, we, we and Westman asked this question, like I told you, like the text message earlier in the day or whatever. But uh, me and Wes has always been asked this question ever since we started this show back in the first week of August. Uh, who is on our Mount Rushmore? And like I told you in the text message, you are definitely on our Mount Rushmore of Tiger Greats. So, you know, we've always we've always appreciated everything that you've done for the city of Memphis, you know, as a Tiger, as an alum. I don't know if you still get to catch that many games coming into town or not whenever you get a chance. But, D? No, I haven't. I, I re- honestly haven't been back. The only I've only been back twice since I graduated uh, due to – when I was right after I was done, I was still playing football. And then right. now, uh, like I said, life has just sped up so much for me. I planned on going to the Tulane game yesterday here. And because of my seven-year-old playing baseball and I'm coaching, we just – it just – the game just went – the day just went on and on and on. And I'm thinking, come on, let's go. Let's get out of here. Let me – You didn't let me miss see Brady. You, you didn't miss record. Yeah, well, that's what I heard. <laughs> I, I, was, I was counting on him breaking my record yesterday, and that obviously didn't happen. It wasn't the best of days for the Tigers, but – you know, life goes on. But, but yeah, I, I would definitely 
like to try to get back uh, as soon as possible. And, and one thing that I have not done that I'd really like to do is get up next year for the reunion weekend. Obviously, this year with COVID, everything's totally different. It was crazy. And, and obviously, it's not the most fun year that we've had. But next year, hopefully, everything's back to normal and I can get back for one of those reunion weekends. And actually, what I'd like to do, just because I'm not able to this year, I'd love to be able to present Brady with a, a game ball and a, and a, yeah. and a new record-breaking uh, commemorative ball that, that, you know, obviously, you know, once he does break my record, I'd like to be able to do that next year, hopefully when he travels back on a bye week from playing in the NFL. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I mean, uh, Danny, I know, like, I, like John said, I know I can speak for myself when uh, if anybody from now on uh, asks me who are my top, say, five, Memphis quarterbacks uh, in in history, you're within my top two, three, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, I mean, I, I think Steve Matthews is up there, uh, but I mean, if you look at your look at yourself, uh, look at obviously Brady White, um, and then you know you, you go back and in my opinion, uh, Danny Sparkman was was another Tiger great. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously I can keep naming names forever, but. My point is, you are in my in my opinion one of the top Tiger quarterbacks of all time. Uh, it's been a great honor and pleasure to have you on the show with us tonight. Thank you very much for being on. Uh, I know I speak for my for uh, for for John as well uh, that as to just how much fun this has been to be able to pick your brain and just talk football with you. Yeah, it never gets old. I appreciate you guys. It's uh, it's it's been a long time, you know, but deep down it feels like yesterday. And uh, to be able to reminisce is also, you know, pretty fun for me, too. Man, I got a quick question for you real quick. Do you still talk to any of your players that you played with? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, most of the time, the quarterbacks are pretty close with the offensive linemen. So those are most of the guys that I talk to. Um, but, you know, and, and to be honest with you, we usually talk when we're watching a game on TV that the Tigers are playing in because we're all texting mm-hmm. back and forth. Either that's how me and West That's me good, <laughs> or, it's, yeah, or it's going bad, and we're all talking about it. So my, that's usually the most times that we talk. But, uh, yeah, I still see people from time to time, but I would definitely like to get back to Memphis a little bit more and be able to spend some time with some guys that are up there. And to me also, a lot of people don't – I mean, a lot some, some fans do notice and some fans really don't pay attention that much to other programs. But, hey, one of your former coaches, Tommy West, is still coaching at Middle Tennessee University as a defensive line coach. You yeah. still had that connection with him? Do you still talk to him? No, I haven't talked to him in God knows how long. Right? Matter okay. of fact, I, I think one of my favorite coaches that ever coached at Memphis was Rick Mallory. And, and mm-hmm. I think the word is that Rick coaches at Middle Tennessee as well. Um, yeah. He was the offensive line coach when I was there. So, yeah, I think he and Tommy are together over there. Um, but, no, I haven't spoken to Tommy in a long time. Um, most of the coaches, honestly, I've just kind of been out of touch with. And, and they've a lot of them have moved on to bigger and better things. And some other guys are retired or they're still coaching or, or here and there. But, you know, man, I tell you, when, when life happens and it continues, it's hard to keep up with a lot of people. All right, two-part question. If you were on an amazing race without D'Angelo, who would you come on the show with? Oh, I have not. Dude, I haven't watched the show at all. I have no idea who yeah. the hell is on it. D'Angelo is in the final five on Amazing Race right now. Is he really? Oh, really? Okay. Well, that yeah. doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me. But, man, no, I don't get a chance. I don't get a chance <laughs> to watch it. But uh, real quick, also, uh, hang on a second. Sorry, I'm going to Blake right after that. Hang on a second. Sorry about that. But, uh, <laughs> crap. Wes, help me out. 
Christian or somebody. No. Danny. Okay, okay, Danny, yeah, okay. I Danny. found out now. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Basically, up to date, like, what do you think how the program is now with under Ryan Silverfield? I know people are, like, upset at him and, you know, whatnot the last couple of games by struggling the last two ball games. But to me, it's going to take time. Just, like, it's a crazy COVID year for crying out loud. Uh, you also got, you know, a defense – New, you basically got a whole new staff completely, you right. know, as well at Memphis. So, what can you tell fans that that are kind of upset right now to move forward with the right, you know, with the coach that we got right now? What can you tell them just to calm down a little bit, or you know, something similar to that? Yeah, I, you know, I hope fans don't take this the wrong way, but some people need to learn how to relax. It's uh, fans are always going to be critical. It's yeah. I mean, you, you're dealing with, and what really upsets me or would upset me in the past is most of the time it's from people who had never touched the football. Um, they right. don't understand the work and the preparation and the, and the desire and the, and the commitment that it takes to be able to win games on Saturdays against, against good football teams. You know, we haven't played any, we haven't played any slackers out there. You know, we're not, we're not playing teams. This isn't the second game of the season where you're playing division two teams. We're out there playing good football teams, you know, and uh, and I've all, and I've always said it, you know, it, it those are the same kind of people that yell at in the stands, yell at eighteen to twenty-two year old kids when they miss a pass or throw an interception or miss a tackle. You know, you, you don't understand what it takes. And these are human beings out there; they make mistakes. They don't. They look. I had plenty of games where it wasn't my best day. I've I've had plenty of times as a player where you just just didn't have it. You know, it wasn't it wasn't your day. But um, I believe you threw what 18, 19 interceptions one year. And I'm not trying oh, to do yeah. bad things, but you know, <laughs> no, I mean, no, I'm no, just but, saying. I mean, no, but he, that's, I know, that's he, the type he, of thing he, that happens. Well, no, I, and 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 look, and, and since you brought that up, you're right. And and to be honest with you, half of those probably weren't on me. You know, back then I would have never said that, but that's the truth. That's that's a lot of communication, a lot of things that can go wrong, mm-hmm. running a route or understanding where you're supposed to be or getting hit at the same time. Mm-hmm. But those are the things that the people in the stands don't understand. You know, they, like I said, they've never played the game. They don't understand how the process works. And, you know, for, for them to be upset at an 18 to 22 year old kid and not understand all the work that they've put in to try to be successful. I think mo- more people ought to be, appreciative that they're out there trying to do the, their very best. Remember, they're not making any money doing this yet. Right. Everybody wants to, but they're not yet. Now, as far as the coaching goes, they need time. You need to be able to get out there and recruit your own kids to recruit your process. Some guys, you know, uh, uh, philosophically, you might be a run, a, a coach that runs the, likes the ground and pound. You might be a guy that just likes to spread it out and throw the ball, allow your quarterbacks to run, do different things, or, or defensively, you know. Are you a guy that likes to come out of the quarterback after the quarterback and play man-to-man? Are you a zone guy? So you need to be able to recruit your guys. You're not there. And, and today, it's unbelievable to me. When coaches get fired, the next guy steps in, and he's, he's got to learn the system, learn yeah. the kids. I mean, shit, I tell you this, it would take me months to learn everybody's damn name. I mean, yeah. you, you got over 100 kids that practice every day, and all of a sudden you show up and you're supposed to be the next head coach. And, by the way, we want you to win 10 games because if you don't, we're going to be mad at you. So I think, you know, it's a little crazy. But just like yesterday, obviously Brady didn't have his best day. Uh, the Tigers didn't have their best day. But you know what? Like I said before, in the grand scheme of things, where else could this team be? It could be like they were in 2000, the year of 2000, and we were winning two games, three games, and everybody was upset. 
Well, now the thing is the, the, we've changed the mindset of the expectations of where we are and where we need to be, which I think is a great thing, but people still need to be realistic when it comes down the pipe of being able to, and then like you mentioned, Jonathan, it's a damn COVID year. Yeah. Things are things are not the same. You're not able to practice the way you used to. You're not able to prepare the way you used to. Um, so so things are very different, and it's and it's more of a challenge than it has ever been uh, for a coach. Um, but but yes, people need time. You need time to learn the process, understand who you're dealing with, how you're dealing with them. And because I can tell you this, every and and I've I'm not a big time coach. I just coach little little kids, right? But every person is different. You have to be able to diagnose how you can coach a certain kid and then how you can coach another kid. Not everybody's the same, you know, so and, and you can't speak to everybody the same. You can't be physical with everybody the same. You can't. So it's just different. Um, but but it is a tough job. It is a tough job. But I will tell you this. When you're a college coach, you better produce because the expectations are there. And now you're getting paid the big bucks. So when you get paid the big bucks, the expectations are there, and you and you better eventually turn it around or get it going in the right direction. Well, and and I also think with Silverfield at the same time, I mean, let's be honest, he wants to do it his own way. I mean, yes, right. Mike Norvell was very successful in what he did, and yes, you bring in Ryan Silverfield to keep it going, but he wants to do it his way. He's got certain things that – Mike Norvell may not have done this certain right. thing, but Ryan Silverfield is, and he's going to make it a focal point. And I, just to be honest, I think that's why you're seeing some people step away from the program and some people stick around is because I think Silverfield's doing things different. I, I, I don't want to speculate as to what the different things he's doing is, but it's a hard year. I mean, you don't know. Look at Arkansas yesterday. Felipe Franks was freaking on the sideline throwing passes in pregame, and then, oh, you're not playing. You're out. You're injured. Right. I mean, right. who can well, prepare? There's no it, coach can prepare for that. I mean. Well, and his, and his, like you said, Wes, this is a total different year, but how many times do you get an offensive line coach that's hired as the head coach? You know, mm -hmm. it just doesn't happen. So, yeah. so within this year, he has to learn how to become a head coach. Yeah. It's a total, it's a total different, different management system. You know, not only are you a head coach, but you're a delegator. You have to know how to deal with all of the systems now. It's not just you in an offensive line room with offensive linemen. It's about dealing with fans, dealing with the media, dealing with all aspects of the kids, dealing with all the different coaches and how to delegate workload and everything. So it's, it takes a year for a guy like that to just understand yeah. what he wants to get out of it and the way that he wants his process, like you said. Yeah, and I mean, as we know, the media in Memphis are the sharks. I mean, the, oh, yeah. second, the second they sense any blood, they're going to attack. And I really hate that the Memphis media is like that. Uh, I mean, I like Ryan Silverfield. I think, I think he is the right man for the job. Uh, I like his youth. Uh, you know, his, his young age, you know, all that. Um, and I, and I like the way that he's doing things, but I mean, yeah. Do I question some play calling? Yes. But every fan does. I mean, are you a right. fan if you're not questioning something? I mean, it's yeah. just, you know, when I think back to the early two thousands and then the Larry Porter era and, I mean, I know there was a game where Tommy West was the head coach against East Carolina, and there was maybe 
600 people in the stadium. It was pouring raining his ass off, and I think it was homecoming. I, I mean, you know, I, I mean, seriously. I mean, I don't. I, I think that may have been during your time. I can't remember. And life has sped up, so you know. Um, but and then to look at where we are now, I just, I wish the Memphis fans would just sit back and relax and freaking enjoy the ride. If it right. lasts two years, it lasts two. If it lasts ten, it lasts ten. But I imagine mean, being Jeremy Pruitt. I mean, right now, I'm not trying to. I'm, I'm not trying to cuss, but. Shit, it's Memphis people. <laughs> I mean, we're not Nebraska. We're not or Tennessee. State. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's just frustrating. The Memphis no, is frustrating. I, I totally understand it. And, here, and here's the biggest thing is, like, what are we trying to do as a program? This guy is youthful, like you said. Are we trying to give him a two-year program, or do we want to make him a 20-year program? You Thank know, you. everybody out Thank there you. is trying to find the next uh, – Bobby Bowden, but they don't want to give him the opportunity, but they don't want to give him the opportunity to be that, you know? Exactly. Uh, and, you and, can't and, find him and then let him yeah. go in three years. It does not, and it's, it's never going to work. Unfortunately, it's the, it's a different country now where it's, what have you done for me lately? And what can you give me right now? Or else your butt doesn't have a job, you know? And, and, that, and that's really with every profession, but, in something like this, like I said, you have to trust the process in recruiting and understanding who people are and how you can help them and give you, you know, and, and that's the biggest thing too. And Tommy West was a big advocate of this. You can't get mad at somebody. And, and he, he expressed this very emotionally. You can't get mad at somebody when you're not giving them all of the avenues to be successful. So are we doing that, that now? I, Don't even get me started. I can quote yeah. that speech. Yeah. 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 Or, are we doing that now? I guess is my point. So, um, and like I said before, are we wanting a guy to come in and win in a year or two or do, or are we trying to trust the process for year three, four, 10 and 20, you know, so everybody needs to take a chill pill and just understand that this does take time and you're going to go through growing pains, you know, look, let me tell you something. Unless you're Chad Morris. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let let, let me relate it. Let me relate it this way. Okay. My son is playing nine year old uh, travel baseball. Nine-year-old travel baseball is the worst damn thing that you will ever go through in your life because it's the first year that the kids pitch. Oh, Everybody's God. out there get, yeah. getting upset and, and aggravated, and the kids can't hit the ball, and they don't swing at strikes, and my kid's a center fielder, and they won't hit the ball out there. Well, it's part of the process, and you have to get through it in order to get to the 12- and 13-year-old ball when everybody hits the right. ball and everybody swings at strikes and everybody's trying to get better. But it's a, it's a disgusting, sad <laughs> – it's a it, the, the game suck, but yeah. it's part of it to be able to get where we want to get to. You're right. You're 100 percent right. Well, Danny. Um, oh yeah, Danny. I forgot to ask you this real quick. Like, for example, like, can you talk about like, like maybe some teams that have surprised you this year in college football? That's what I was just getting ready to mention. Go ahead. Well, I, 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 I haven't been. I, you know, we've talked about how how different this year is, you know, and, and how crazy it is. I don't think there's been one team this year that has just run away and been so dominant like we've seen in the past that I've just Coastal. been so surprised. <laughs> Say it again. Coastal he Carolina. Coastal Carolina. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. That's, that's hey, COVID hey. Coastal is what I call them, but go ahead. Hey, they go. were predicted to finish last in the Sun Belt, okay? Where are they now? They're undefeated. They're still 10 know. There you go. There you go. But, you know, you have some teams that have only played three games, you know. 
and and it's getting to the point where uh you know like the other day we played one of our high school games in southern's uh uh southern university stadium and they haven't even played they're not the swag's not going to play at all which you know i don't know why i'm talking about the swag but anyway my point is this year this year (laughs) (laughs) been so different but i think that the biggest thing is there hasn't been anybody that stood out to me that is just kicking everybody's butt and they're going to go ahead and win win the outright national championship i think that um a lot of teams you know like lsu surprised the heck out of me they're just not a good football team at all and being from down here i shouldn't say something like that but uh, that, that's not my tiger team my tiger team's in memphis so i could care less but um i well, think your, your wife's not an lsu graduate is she she is <laughs> <laughs> oh well oh well there's no delay on that answer either that was awesome. sleeping on the couch it gets comfortable after a while yes right but it's uh you know i I think for me and i haven't been able to watch as many games as i normally would but but i think that's the biggest thing for me that just hasn't been a team that stand out that i'd say is head and shoulders above the rest like i would normally say about clemson and alabama and teams like that right that's why we need an 18 playoff with cincinnati and they keep on winning (laughs) there you go okay that's what, mo- that's what most people say until they play the big teams and they get beat by 42 points in the playoffs. Exactly. I think we said that a few years ago against the Cincinnati team. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It was the UConn team. And I think they showed up to the bowl game and got spanked. Yeah. UConn, well, UConn. How'd you get UConn? They won a game in so many years. I'm talking about it's, – it's been a few. It's, it's, yeah, Central – Central. it happened to Central Florida, happened to South Florida, yeah, happened South to Cincinnati. It's, yeah. it's been it's been a few teams that all of a sudden everybody's talking about their BCS busters. Well, then they they step into the SEC and play some of those big dogs, and they understand that there's yeah, a little bit of difference right. in powerhouse, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I've always said that Sean King and Tulane had a chance to go, you know, play somewhere bigger than Lurie Bowl back in the day when they went on the field. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> here's, here's the thing about teams like that because I know the I know the guy that was a backup quarterback there. He coached me in high school. Those teams could score points, but they wouldn't have been able to stop anybody. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing. Defense, like you guys know, offense is great. and You need offense, but defense wins championships. And I think that's the biggest thing that when these teams that are a little smaller, you know, if you and, and people were screaming, I think, uh, a couple of years ago. Oh, no, no. Last year, all the fans from Memphis were telling me that they, they were going to maybe go to the Cotton Bowl or maybe they were going to get matched up against Alabama. And I just shook my head. <laughs> and I said, that is not what we want. That is not what – oh, yeah, we want to play Alabama. I said, no, we don't. No, no we don't. Every no. kid, every kid that plays for Alabama was an all-state high school kid. He was an all-American high school kid. And those athletes are different. Do we want to be there one day? Hell, yeah. We're not there yet. We won't so, be there for a while. Um, yeah, yeah. In my opinion. Uh, no, I mean, then- that takes a lot of time. Oh, yeah, a lot of time. I mean, you know, we we recruit. They don't recruit. They reload. No. Um, right. That, that, that's the teams, and that, and that and I guess that's kind of when, when I got finished playing, that's not the teams we're competing with. The guys that we want to compete with in recruiting are the Mississippi States, the Old Misses, the Vanderbilts. We're not going to get to the LSUs, the Floridas, the Alabamas. We're, we're not there. So if a kid has – you know, no offense, but if he picks Memphis over Alabama or LSU, he's an idiot. Um, we're right now. Do I hope they do that? Yes. Do I hope kids from Memphis stay in town and can play that are big-time players? Yes. 
But besides that, it's not happening. And that is where we want to be one day. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I'm, would you like an on-campus stadium for the University of Memphis one day, or are you still like the Liberty Bowl is still meant to be? You are hung up on this on-campus stadium thing. No, I'm, hey, I've been asked um, that a lot lately by a lot of fans. So you, you know, know <laughs> I, 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 I love the idea. Um, the, the Liberty Bowl means a lot to me um, because I played there. But an on-campus stadium, I think, is is just an awesome thing. I think it's something to show recruits. Uh, the big that's the biggest thing for me. I, you know. People don't understand when you're recruiting these big-time players, they have to come on campus and see where you are with the facilities and how they're going to be promoted and if you're going to be able to play on national TV and if you're going to be able to do the big things. So, you know, just as, I, as well as I do, it's all about money. So if you can build an on-campus stadium to have more corporate suites or a better atmosphere or something that's, you know, shaped different and sounds louder and it's just, you know, I'm all for being able to make something uh, – bigger and better than it is right now. We need to bring NCAA football back on PlayStation. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. And, and, and anybody <laughs> with half a brain is going to say, yes, we want NCAA football back on PlayStation. Hey, I, I take like an answer for Danny Wimpron when I say that. I could be wrong, but I feel like I'm pretty accurate. I took Danny Wimpron and D'Angelo to the national championship where D'Angelo won the Heisman, and Danny was my backup one year. And now hey. I should be – Hey, I beat Oregon, and Noah's not on the rookie level. Let me let you know, Danny. You've got a, you've got Heisman's. You've got one. It was, is that right? But you've got one. <laughs> I was playing on rookie, and I adjusted the slider. But we're not talking about that. But still, rookie, you got hey, a Heisman. Rookie, go ahead, really, send, go ahead and send it to my house so I can put it on my banner. <laughs> it's about this big. <laughs> oh, that's a, hey, it's all good. But yeah, I took never seen national championship with Danny and D'Angelo, and I beat Oregon in the national championship in the Superdome. Matter of fact, oh, nice! And did yeah. you know you can still play that game and you can download today's <laughs> rosters? It's crazy <laughs> on PlayStation Three. Makes no sense to me. Um, but uh, Danny, you know, I mean, I, we've we've had a good time uh, being able to just talk with you today. Uh, we've been on here for a little over an hour now. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, we know you're busy. You've got kids everywhere. Um, but uh, thank you very much for your time uh, and your patience with us tonight. Uh, it was a very, very fun interview for all three of us, I know. Uh, anytime you want to be on the show, please reach out to John or myself or Christian One, and we'll be glad to have you back on uh, anytime you would like to be. Guys, I appreciate it as well. It was a lot of fun, and can't wait to talk to you all in the future. Go Tigers, Danny. Yeah, go Tigers. God bless and Merry Christmas, fellas. Y'all too. Bye. Take care.